Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 18. David mustered the men who were with him and appointed over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. David sent out his troops, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruiah, and a third under Ittai, the Gittite. The king told the troops, I myself will surely march out with you. But the men said, You must not go out. If we're forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, they won't care. But you are worth 10,000 of us. It would be better now for you to give us support from the city. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate while all of his men marched out in units of hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. And all the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. David's army marched out of the city to fight Israel, and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. There Israel's troops were routed by David's men, and the casualties that day were great, 20,000 men. The battle spread out over the whole countryside, and the forest swallowed up more men that day than the sword. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule, and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's hair got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair while the mule he was riding kept going. When one of the men saw what had happened, he told Joab, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. Joab said to the man who had told him this, What? You saw him? Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? Then I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a warrior's belt. But the man replied, Even if a thousand shekels were weighed out into my hands, I would not lay a hand on the king's son. In our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And if I had put my life in jeopardy and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have kept your distance from me, Joab. He responded, I'm not going to wait like this for you. So he took three javelins in his hand and plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still alive in the oak tree. And ten of Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Then Joab sounded the trumpet and the troops stopped pursuing Israel, for Joab halted them. They took Absalom and threw him into a big pit in the forest and piled up a large heap of rocks over him. Meanwhile, all the Israelites fled to their homes. During his lifetime, Absalom had taken a pillar and erected it in the king's valley as a monument to himself, for he thought, I have no son to carry on the memory of my name. He named the pillar after himself, and it is called Absalom's monument until this day. Now, Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, said, Let me run and take the news to the king that the Lord has vindicated him by delivering from the hands of his enemies. You're not the one to take the news today, Joab told him. You may take the news another time, but you must not do so today, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to a Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed down before Joab and ran off. 
Ahimaz, son of Zadok, again said to Joab, Come what may, please let me run behind the Cushite. But Joab replied, My son, why do you want to go? You don't have any news that will bring you a reward. He said, Come what may, I want to run. So Joab said, Run. Then Ahimaz ran by way of the plain and outran the Cushite. While David was sitting between the inner and outer gates, the watchman went up to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked out, he saw a man running alone. The watchman called out to the king and reported it. The king said, If he's alone, it must have good news. And the runner came closer and closer. Then the watchman saw another runner, and he called down to the gatekeeper. Look, another man is running alone. The king said, He must be bringing good news too. The watchman said, It seems to me that the first one runs like Ahimaz, the son of Zadok. He's a good man, the king said. He comes with good news. Then Ahimaz called out to the king, All is well. He bowed down before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise be to the Lord your God. He has delivered up those who lifted up their hand against my lord the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimaz answered, I saw great confusion, just as Joab was about to send the king's servant and me, your servant, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. Then the Cushite arrived and said, My lord the king, hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by delivering you from the hand of all those who rose up against you. The king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. As he went, he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. O Absalom, my son, my son. So the chapter is all about Absalom, and sadly, he comes to a a bad end. But it starts out, the war has finally come between Absalom's troops and David's troops. Absalom basically is the king of all Israel at this point. And so David has some troops that are loyal to him, and they're under the, uh, the leadership of Joab and his brother Abishai. But it's a very small group compared to the the massive group that Absalom has. And so David wants to go out and fight too. And the first thing that happens is they say, no, uh, it's better that you stay behind. Now, David is getting to be an old man at this point. Their reasoning for him staying behind was uh, that all of the battle would focus on him. And so it's better for him to stay back and give support from the city. But honestly, at one time, he was Israel's greatest warrior. And at this late stage in his life, he's just not. He's an older man, and um, I won't say he's a liability, but he's not the warrior that he was. So David commands Joab and the other leaders concerning Absalom. In verse 5, he says, Be gentle with the young man, Absalom, for my sake. And all of the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. Now, Absalom is the ringleader, friends. 
And uh, for David to give this commandment, you know, yeah, go fight the war, but, you know, make sure you don't take any shots at Absalom. This is a very difficult um, assignment. And so David is conflicted. Obviously, um, uh, the opposing army is bent on killing David and killing David's men. David is telling his soldiers who are going out at risk to spare Absalom. And so the the battle ensues, and the Bible says there were 20,000 casualties that day. And so one of the men reported back to Joab in verse 10, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. And so Joab said to the man who told him this, what, why didn't you strike him to the ground right then? And then I would have given you a great reward. But the man said, you know, even if you'd given me 10 times the reward that you proposed, or a hundred times the reward you proposed, I wouldn't touch the king's son, because in our hearing, the king commanded you and the other commanders, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And so Joab um, responded, well, I'm not going to wait around with you. And so he took three javelins, which were war darts, essentially. If you've ever played darts, these javelins were like darts, but they were bigger and heavier. And he plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still hanging in the tree. And then 10 of Joab's armor bearers uh, finished Absalom off. They struck him uh, with swords, I assume, and they killed him. So they threw his body in a pit and the, the battle stopped at this point. Joab signaled all the troops to stop fighting. Well, the messengers from the battle were sent back to David to let him know the battle was over and, and uh, everything went well. But David's first question to everybody was, is the young man Absalom safe? And so after asking a couple of people, the word finally came from the Cushite uh, messenger. Uh, David said, is the man Absalom safe? And the Cushite replied, may the enemies of my lord, the king, and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man, meaning he's dead. And so David was deeply shaken. It says he went over to his um, room over the gateway in front of everybody publicly saying, my son, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died. Well, this was a tremendous affront to the soldiers that had just defended David's life. And so David was conflicted. He was grieving for his son, but he was also the the head of a group that had just um, risked life and limb for him. And so we end this chapter with David um, grieving over Absalom and If you can imagine in your mind's eye, all of the troops that were there looking on David and wondering, well, what does this mean? He's not happy that we won the battle. So this is the way it it passes. But I want to just remind you that there was something in David's relationship with Absalom that went wrong. David blamed himself to some degree about what had happened with Absalom. If you'll recall, Absalom's sister was raped by her half-brother. And the half-brother was, uh, all of them were children of David's, Absalom, his sister, and the half-brother. But David did nothing to the rapist. And ultimately, Absalom had to take the matter into his own hands for retribution for what had happened for his sister. And then they were estranged for many years. And so David, I'm sure, was having lots of regrets about his parenting skills with Absalom and how things had ended. And so, friends, Maybe some of you have had problems with your parents or with your children. It's a very common thing. But with God's help, if we will be honest and submit to the Lord the nature of what's going on, He can help us. 
So, Lord, we just pray now that you would mend broken families. Lord, where sons are estranged from fathers or daughters from fathers or from mothers or children um, estranged from parents or even grandparents or other siblings. Lord, we ask for you to do what only you can do. Bring healing and reconciliation. Turn hearts toward the desire to reconcile. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.